Fans of Comedy on Edge, the podcast, big news. We're, come, we're doing the show live at the Sydney Fringe Festival, September 11 and September 18, 9 p.m., the Factory Theatre, Marrickville. We're going to be there live. I'll be there. Ryan will be there. Josh will be there. Dave may be there. We're not sure yet. Plus, we've got some big-name guests lined up. To get your tickets, visit sydneyfringe.com or check out comedyonedge.com and follow us on Twitter at Comedy on Edge. We'll be announcing some guests in the coming months. Thank you for supporting the show. And now... Let's get to this week's show. Dave, hit the music. Welcome, ready to Comedy on Edge, the podcast. I'm your host, Mark Williamson, and also Techie today. Josh, Ryan, and Dave, they're all missing in action, but that's okay. We'll handle it. My guest today, he's hes a fellow Taswegian, now based in Melbourne. Josh Earl, how are you? Hey, Mark. It's good. So you replace one Josh with another. I know. It's yeah, like, well, yeah, we have we have a Josh, and I'm like, I've got to have a Josh. One Josh policy. I think, I think that's why Josh is missing in action today, yeah. Josh Cohen, because, yeah, he's like, oh, what, another Josh? Yeah. It'd get confusing, it'd get confusing. Yeah. So welcome to Sydney, you're up here. Thanks. We don't see much of you up here. No, I was just saying the other day to a friend, I've, I haven't done gigs in Sydney since 2006, seven. Last time I was up here was with the Bedroom Philosopher as part of the Renegades of Folk. That was the last time I was here doing stuff. Yeah, I think I remember because one of Edge, our Tuesday night rooms early in Carnation was in William Street. Yeah. I had you and Justin. Bedroom Philosopher... One of my, he's one of my favourite acts, but I remember when I ran that room, every time he'd book me for a gig, I'd book him. He was always in the middle of uni exams. So I think it was that time yeah, as well, yeah. Because yeah. he said, he's like, oh, my mate, Josh is in town. Can he do a spot? I'm like, oh, I'd love to. And I think, yeah. I, I think you guys performed to like 10 people. <laughs> yeah, but um, one of those people for Justin was the head of YouTube Australia. And the following week, Justin's film clip was the YouTube choice of the week. Oh, wow. For the Wow Wow song. So I think he got like 30,000 views in a matter of a day because of that. So there you go. 10 people still got 30,000 people on the back of it. Wow. That, 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 I'm glad, glad to know. Glad yeah. to know. That's good. And so you're up here. You're doing the comedy store. And you did the, And this is my ignorance. I was in the Sydney Comedy Festival. We were talking beforehand. You're in the Sydney Comedy Festival. I was. Too. I think that's what most people d- didn't realise I was here. I was doing... A, I did the Seymour Centre, the Sound Lounge. It was yeah. very nice. And did my show about... The Women's Weekly Children's Birthday Cake Book. Yeah, now that, because it's funny, I remember seeing that, you did that in Melbourne, was it two, a couple of years ago? 2010, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing the flyer and I'm like, my mum had that. I, I had a book, I had a cake. Where did the inspiration for that one come from? I m- made a off-the-cuff remark about the book in 2008 in my comedy festival show and then jokingly said, cause, and then the audience kind of went, oh my God, I, I love that book. Blah, blah, blah. And so I jokingly said, oh, I'll do a show all about that then next year. And then didn't, because <laughs> I just forgot about it. And then someone, uh, I think it was in the days of MySpace even, <laughs> MySpaced me and said, when are you doing the cake book show? And I went, all right, I'll do, it. I'll do it. So I sat down with that book for about nine months trying to find every single joke I could think of from that book. Which cake did you make? Um, so in the show, I only made one cake a night, which was the typewriter cake, but Having said, I only made one. I have performed that show over a hundred times now, so I've made a hundred typewriter cakes. And yeah, so it was it was me talking about the entire book and stories from my family and stuff like that. It was a very 
Tasmanian show in terms of uh-huh. growing up in Tassie. It was all about the weirdness that that brings. Well, that must, uh, a fellow Taswegian here, I remember my mum, I think it was for my sixth or seventh birthday, I had a cake made from that. I think it was a swimming pool one. Oh, that, that's the, right? you were totally loved then. That's the yeah. one I say, in the show I said, if your mum made you this, you were loved because that was oh. the number one cake in the book. It's the oh. one everyone wanted. Well, that was, yeah, she made that. But the one, because the one, I, I remember the cover of it, it had the train with the popcorn in it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, that is such a cool cake. But I hated that coloured popcorn. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you remember, like, it's... It looks, you think, coloured popcorn, this is awesome. And then you bite into it and it just seems like it's all kernel. Yeah. It was... That is true. That that popcorn, as a kid, looks great. Mm. And as soon as you eat it, it is just, ah, oh, I've made a mistake. Yeah, it's just like, this is, it just, it just seems, it seems yeah. great. It's just like, oh, it's sh- and you're just chewing on corn. It seemed like yeah. there's more corn kernel. Than pop- and I like popcorn, but that one... Do you like lolly gobble bliss bombs? Do you remember those? Right, see, my mum worked at Cadbury's, so... Oh, okay. Loyalty. We so, it was very regulated with. Did you get to have the box of offcuts? Yep, five yeah. kilo boxes. That was amazing. Yeah, we used to, and it's funny because like every around Christmas time, I was pretty popular at school because of that. Cause, yep. Oh what a oh wow! You want to come around my place and kick the footage? Oh, your mum's just gonna drop in, and mum would be like, and people would just be asking for those yeah. five kilo offcut boxes. If you're listening and you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> what it was is you could go to Cadbury and you could get a box of chocolate that was just the stuff that it mucked up. Nothing wrong with it. It's just that if it was a snack, it was one was half pineapple, half caramel in the one little bit of chocolate. Which yeah. And some of them were actually great. The, I remember if it was an caramel and orange in the one thing, it was actually better than anything they've actually ever made. For me, the one that I loved was occasionally you'd open it up and you'd go through looking for because the bars too, you get the bar in, like, oh, I love Turkish Delight, and you go, yeah. the label would be slightly askew and you get a Turkish Delight, and like, this is just heaven. It's, yeah. And I think, I remember, and they went up a bit, but I think at once they were like $25 for five kilos of chocolate. Yeah. But the sad thing is, like, in our family, like, we had chocolate everywhere, and that's probably why I'm a bigger guy, but I preferred chips. Like I was, my mum was just like, why, why do you want potato chips? You didn't have chocolate any time. See, my mum worked for Arnott's. Ah. And so we always had Arnott's biscuits. So we always had like barbecue shapes and pizza shapes and Tim Tams and stuff like that. And we'd quite often get that, any new lines, they'd bring, we'd get them about two months before for our school lunches as well. So we had the white coated Tim Tams way before they were on the shelves. So around that time I was also very popular. Only we'd have known each other. I know. Hey man, I'll chuck pizza shapes. We some, had some sweet and sour going on. Yeah, it would have been good. Now you're up in Burn. You grew up in Burnie. Yeah, so I grew up in the um, the bad part of Tassie. I mean, Burnie's it's fine, um, but Hobart's where you grew up is a lot nicer. So I, th- I think I remember like we'd go for because my dad was a rep, so he'd be on the road and he'd join him. And I remember Burnie. Burnie is this lovely, beautiful town, and but. As soon as you drive in, there's that bloody great big dioxide. Yeah, so dioxide was uh, paint pigment, and they just pumped it all out into the beach, which mm. was right next to it. And so you drive in, and you'd have to pass that with like brown sludge on the ocean, and then you go, oh, that's disgusting. And then you'd travel about another two kilometres, and there was a massive pulp mill um, <laughs> making oh. reflex paper, which was also billowing out this black smoke, and also pumping just crap out into the ocean. And so when I, I think that was really bad um, up until I was about 10, 10, 11. And it was like when the, the meal was really kicking off one day a week, you couldn't hang washing on the line because wow. it would just get black and smelly. And yeah, 
And so I had asthma until I moved out of Bernie, and then I, it just magically disappeared. So where's Aaron Brockovich for me, hey? Uh, yeah, I, I think there's some lawsuits there. It's it must be because when I say my dad was a salesman, he used to sell asbestos. Ah, so yeah, you know, I'm sure that yeah, it's just the more I think about it, it Tassie is like an environmental. I think because it all cleared up in like was it the midnight like Toxide shut yeah. down because we I remember I studied at uni and because it's like Toxide it's the world's worst company because they pretty much I think they started in America then when the regulations changed they just moved country like they left Australia I think they're in Africa now just making this crap quality stuff that yeah. just does so much damage and the other thing was we would make a game because on the on the road, they would have days without incident and the numbers. <laughs> and we would drive. It was like, mum would be like, when we get about 50 minutes away, mum's like, all right, uh, how many days do you reckon? And you'd guess. And you're like, 32. And then be like, oh, seven. Oh. And it's like, we were having a game at people having accidents. It's like, <laughs> that's just what Bernie people did. It's like, oh, let's have a fun game at someone probably losing a finger. Yay. Oh, those were the days. And the other, the other thing Oh, was... and it never got over, like, it never got over, like, 30 or 40. It was always in the teens or single digits. It was, well, not always. Every day it went up or down. But it was around that number. See, I, I must be, like, obviously, because I think I went there about six or seven times. And I was just always fascinated, like, that's so cool. Because it was literally, like, paint was dripping down yeah. the actual thing. It was all white painted building. And I was yeah. like, that's pretty cool. Like, obviously, as a kid, I had no idea it was probably... Killing so many yeah. people, and it's been shut down for twenty years now. I think there, and they still can't. No, there's no building there anymore. You can't put anything there wow. safely. Like, yeah, and the Bernie Hospital that was also there, and that got that was completely desolate in the mid nineties. Just and because it was all asbestos, so your dad's probably yeah. That's, yeah that's why we stopped going to Bernie. Involved in that, yeah, and so that was just there for like just derelict for about. 10 years, I think, because mm. I couldn't get rid of it because of the asbestos. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, it's, a, it's funny. Like, it's funny because you look at Tassie now and sadly the Tassie Devils, they're sort of, yeah, that facial. It's got to be something like, like we had plants like Tioxide. Did you ever go to, do you travel to Hobart much as a kid? Only for basketball. I used to play basketball and we'd travel down there. Did you ever remember going through New Norfolk, the big pol- like the big... I don't think we had to go through oh, New Norfolk, yeah. New, yeah, but there was like this big, you drive in and you know, New Norfolk is... It's a weird town. It's it's country. It's Tassie, and I th- I discovered this when I moved to Sydney. They all think we sleep with our relatives down there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure maybe New Norfolk might be evidence in point. Yeah, but you drive in and it's this beautiful, like it's on the Derwent, and it's the part of the Derwent where it's really clean. There's people fishing. It's picturesque. There's bloody great big mill pumping smoke yeah. and crap into the air, and it's so yeah. You look around it's Tassie now. There's so many of these things in there. The Forestry as well, and yeah, all the devils are dying, mm, which they reckon is a what's well, a cancer that yeah. they get from binding each other. But it's yeah, it's got to be more than that. Because New Norfolk, I remember their football team. Um, they, they always had the supporters, a busload of supporters, and it was, I think, was there a hospital in New Norfolk, and yeah, that was Royal there. Derwent, the, yeah, it was the it was the where the special people went. Yeah, and so they. Uh, once a week, they would go on the bus and travel around with the New Norfolk Football Club and watch them. And so, you'd, at the New Norfolk Games up in Burnie, it was just, uh, it was just a nightmare of. Cause, I mean, Burnie people aren't, and Burnie people aren't much better. Um, yeah, it was, but... it was the, the football we're talking about is the Tas- TFL, the Tasmanian Football League, and in the eighties, it's produced. It produced some amazing players who went on to play AFL. Um, Darren Creswell, I think, is probably the most best known one. He came from there. There's heaps. Russell of, Robertson. Russell Robertson, yep. 
And yeah, he was, and there, so there was teams, it was half, there was Bernie, Devonport, North Launceston, South Launceston, New Norfolk, Clarence, Clarence, that, H- Hobart, Gl- Glenorchy, which is my team, black and white. Uh, seriously, the, because I, I grew up, my dad was the secretary of Glenorchy Football Club and we'd followed it for years and I lived in Clarence Territory, but the hatred and rivalry is so much, the colours red and white still bring anger to me. Uh, in Sydney, now, yeah. I, can't, I don't like going to a Swans game because I'm just like, Swans are an amazing team. They're not my, th- and I'm just like, the hatred goes in. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's, it's funny. Russell Robinson, I mentioned him because uh, he's a Bernie boy and I didn't, I didn't go to school with him, but he um, went to Penguin High, which Penguin is the next town out of Bernie. Before you got to Tyoxide, you got Penguin. It's very nice. Mm. Their bins are the shapes of penguins. penguins. Yeah. Which was a, their tourist attraction. But uh, Russell Robinson of course, being from such a small town, I think they only had like 3,000 people in that town, maybe more, maybe less. But uh, he won everything in their athletics carnivals for his school. Like just, he was so much better than everyone else. And so when he was year 10, because it's all you went up to in uh, Tassie high schools, and then you're on to 11, 12, but year 10, in their cross country, the year 10s went, all right, we're sick of him winning. Let's Let's stop this. And so at the start, they sprinted off the start with him, got out of sight of the teachers, Tackled him to the ground <laughs> and then taped him up. So they'd all they were all carrying like duct tape and taped him up, and then kept on running. Because the, the year ten boys was the last race of the day, and then yeah. they would go and collect, the teacher would collect the cones or the get the tape. They found him about ten minutes of him being taped up. He sprinted the rest of the way of the cross country, came second by about I don't know a hundred meters. As soon as he crossed the line, just did the big as a vomit, and then everyone was like, "Oh, yay! He's our hero." Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much. Do you remember? Like, do you remember at school you had that kid, like there was a kid like Russell, you had that kid who dominated everything. Yeah, I got the really bad reality check. It would have been about seven or eight years ago. We had this swimmer, Barry Mannix, and he would dive in like at the swimming carnival. He'd dive in, and because he was in my house, we'd start chanting, "Easy, easy!" And he'd like he'd be half like two body lengths ahead on the dive, and yeah. he was just dominant. And we're like, this guy's going to be an Olympian. He's going to be great. And then I remember seeing, I think it was 2001, seeing the Olympic trial. Oh, no, it was after school whenever I was in uni, seeing the Olympic trials. I was like, oh, there's Bo. What's he doing backstroke? He never did backstroke. And then he came dead last in his heat. And it's just that realisation, like, but he was a well beaten. Yeah. There's so, yeah, it's just, it was that realisation. There, there were people better than people who were better than me at school. Yeah, it's funny. Because I went to school with Justin Hazelwood, better philosopher. Oh, and yeah. uh, he was a really, really good swimmer. Oh, really? Yeah, he was our school champion for swimming. Wow. And his thing was, he, he was going to beat anyone, everyone anyway, but he wanted to break all the records. And he took it far too seriously for someone who, um, you know, is only in year 10. And in year 10, he, um, was, he was the only one in our school who wore Speedos. Everyone else just wore boardies for the swimming carnival. And he was in Speedos and he was up on the blocks and I yelled out across the whole school... <laughs> Because his nickname was Fonz as well back there, which is a different story. But uh, I just said, check out Fonz's Speedos. And he looked up. The starter gun went. He missed, judged the start. And he missed out on getting the record by one-tenth of a second, which today he still holds me responsible for. So that was effectively his first heckle. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, no. no. <laughs> having gone to school with him, it was not his first no, heckle. No, not his yeah, first his heckle, nickname but... was Fonz. Oh, uh, yes. Mm. No, that's, that's it's funny. Like, Taz... When growing up, like there was no comedy. The, the only access I had to comedy there was you'd watch Hey Hey, you'd see the comedy, and I think the amazing Jonathan and what's his name Strasman to it. Yeah. But like, and then there was nothing other than that. There was yeah. nothing. And then you look, 
I remember when I started comedy, there was yourself, Justin, Hannah, and there's, yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, it's sort of, we all came out of there. It's funny, the first gig I, first comedy gig I went and saw was Jim Owen at the Bernie Civic Centre. I was in the front row. I was about 13 years old, mm-hmm. and it was when his TV show was on TV, and I loved it. I freaking loved it so much. And, uh, yeah, so he wasn't supported by Bob Franklin. He was supported by an actual musician. Mm-hmm. And when I look at what I do compared to that first, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the middle of that gig, like, I, yeah, I do songs and I do kind of ob- observational stuff. I mean, I'm more in the realm of looking at family and stuff than Jamal and looking at everything. But um, yeah, it's I think it's very weird how what I loved as a 13 year old I'm kind of doing now because I did go away from comedy. I, I wasn't interested in comedy through during uni and stuff like that. But yeah, that's what, like for me. I never like growing up in Tassie. It was just. Always that expectation. Like, I never entertained. I loved comedy. And looking at, like, as a kid, I watched insane amounts of TV, read, like, read all the comic books and all that. And then I never entertained. And it wasn't until I moved to, like, finished uni, I did nothing. I don't think, I don't think, I think I was at uni before raw comedy or I was, uni, I only ever went to bands. I like seeing bands. And then it wasn't until I got to Sydney and I was at my first job and I hated it just with a passion. And then one of the mates said, why don't you do comedy? I'm like, what's that? And I go, what? Nah, how would I get on? Hey, like my thought was, you got to get on TV to do that. Yeah. And then someone took me to the comedy store, and it's like, oh, you can do this. And yeah, entered Raw. And well, that was like um, when I first moved to Melbourne, I was so naive about everything. And uh, the comedy festival was coming up, and I went, oh, is, isn't it just like the gala on telly? And then it was like, no, 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 there's shows every night for a month, and there's like hundreds of shows. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing because I had someone. Um, oh yeah, Justin, the better of He was like, oh, I'm in the comedy festival. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. And then realized, oh no, hang on. He's not on the gala. He's doing a show. So yeah, it was that thing of going, what? Cause you get, when you're in the comedy business, you so like, oh my God, like why? Like it just seems all, all encompassing. And you think, why doesn't people know about this? And it's like, cause I don't care about it. Like even as someone who is now in it before I started, I had no idea what the Melbourne Comedy Festival was. Mm. It was like, I just thought it was an hour and a half on TV. Yeah, that's what I did. Too. And I think, because I, I did the Comedy Festival way before I really should have. Because it was just like, I'm someone when I throw, when I, when I started comedy, I'm like, this is great. And I lived it. And then my mates who were a couple, like Nick Sun, who funnily enough, we just ran into yes. in the streets. Um, I remember I was friends with like Nick and I was like, he was like, Nick's brilliant. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to Melbourne to the comedy. I'm like, that's a good idea. I'll do that. And, I just started making calls, and the next thing I know, I had a venue, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just doing the comedy festival, as you do, and so not prepared for it, but it was like, it was almost like that awake, it was like, I think the the first comedy festival was kind of like uni, Yeah, it's sort of like, you go there, and you just, you see world, like, world-class comedy, like, an amazing, like, I didn't realise, and this will sound so stupid, but I knew that there was comics in Melbourne, I didn't know there were comics from Perth. Yeah. I, I remember I was flying and I met saw Zach Adams. Do you know Zach? Yeah, yeah. Shane's great. Shane, yeah, As, yeah. Well, for the listeners, we'll call him Zach yeah, Adams. Zach Adams, confusing yeah. guy. His name's Shane, but he's really Zach Adams. And I remember flying with him, and I had a night off. I'm like, oh, I'll go see my mate Zach's show, and I'm like, this guy's brilliant. You've got to come to Sydney. And yeah, it was just this whole world awakening. Yeah, Zach is great. And that's the, like you going back to the Tassie. That when I started, there was no scene in Tassie. No. I did. Uh, I got into it from doing. Uh, music. I was doing gigs, and the bits in between were quite 
funny just because I was kind of just mucking around. And it was just mates in the audience as well. And then the songs had a joke or so or two in them. It was very, very twee kind of stuff. But then someone said, oh, that's really funny. You should do comedy. And I was like, oh, well, I could make them funnier. And it was that thing of going, oh, do I want to do musical comedy? Because even I'm a bit like, oh, God. But then now I'm thinking, the people who I liked growing up were people like the Doug Anthony All-Stars, Jamoan, um, now, like, I really like Stephen Wright, and he does occasionally does music and stuff like that. So yeah. it's kind of like, you know, all right. I think, I guess, um, I'm a musical comedian. Uh, I think I've got it somewhere here. One of the first cassette singles I bought was Jim Owen singing Take oh. a Walk on the Wild Side. Yeah. And I remember going... I had that, yeah. Yeah, it to, but then on the other side, he had a, a routine about coat hangers, and I'm like, this is a bit different. What's... It's not a song. And it's yeah. so weird that he did release that yeah, as a single. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, because yeah, I was just I'm like, oh, Jim Owen, I'll grab that. Well, it's like the, the Dugs used to do, like, Throw Your Arms Around Me or uh, yeah. Joe Cocker's Please Don't Let Me Be Me on the Street. It's like, just in the middle of a comedy show, oh, here's a really serious song and uh, we're going to sing it well. It's like, that's so bizarre. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, when Paul, like, when Paul sings Throw Your Arms, I'd argue that Paul sings Throw Your Arms better than, than The Hunters. It's it's funny though, like growing, like a lot of my friends are indie snobs because that's why we're friends. Uh, but it's that thing of like, you get to people go, oh, musical comedy is the worst. Oh, no. Nah. And then I'm like, hey, if you go back in the lineage of, of like, Johnny Cash had very funny songs. Mm-hmm. Morrissey is freaking hilarious. Like, um, it's, like some of the best musicians have used comedy because why wouldn't you use it in your songs as well? I, I get really angry when people are like, oh, no, musical comedy is the worst uh, like genre of, co- of, of uh, music. It's like, it's just, you know, if the song's good and it's got some jokes in it, it's even better. Yeah, I think, I think, of all, like, that's the one thing we're blessed with. We get to see so many, so much comedy. The best comedy show I've ever seen was Eddie Perfect's yeah. Drink Pepsi Bitch. And that was just like, like I'll unashamedly that, one of his songs ins- was what inspired my first show, and it's like I have a zero musical talent. I like I can't play guitar. I haven't got the attention span to learn a guitar. I can't sing. But like most of my favorite comics and most of my DVD collection are musical comics. Yeah. Tim Minchin's a genius. Yeah, yeah. Bedroom philosophy yourself, and yeah, it's just it's weird like that. Like it's obviously like Justin's got the or bedroom philosophy's got the joke about you know the clapstick um, yeah and all that. And, yeah, six-string clapping machine. Yeah. But that comes from a lot of comics. Like I had some. I had another comic who I'll tell you once we get off. Yeah. So to me, you're actually funny enough not to need the guitar. And I think he thought that was a compliment. But it's like, well, why Why is having the guitar detrimental? Like, why, it actually gives something else to the performance. Like, it changes up. Because, you know, people's attention spans are so short that... Mm. If you go song, talking, and I've got slide, like, projection as well, uh, quite often I get people saying, oh, that went really quick. And I'm like, yeah, it's because I'm changing it up all the time. So the hour doesn't have that 45-minute lag of, oh, yeah, this is really good, but uh, it's got to finish soon, surely. Well, like that's like Tim Vine, the UK comic. He's a genius, one-liner comic. I went and saw his show. Uh, oh, it was one of the ones that Mel, I think it was the pun, I can't even think of the title, but it was about train, the Joker motive. And he opened up with 25 minutes of just amazing one-liners. And 15 minutes in, I couldn't laugh anymore. Yeah. Like, it was just like, it was going too fast. I was getting, like, he was just doing joke after joke after joke. Like, it was world class. And I just 25 minutes, I'm like, I can't. 
yeah. do this. Please tell me a story. Give me a break. Like, I was broken. And it was like, it was an amazing, like that first 15 minutes, but the rest of the show was just, it was too intense. Yeah. It, was, it was just like having a massive hit of sugar and then going, what do you mean i got to eat the whole cake? It's yeah. just, man. Yeah. It's like Stephen Wright's Buy Me a Pony CD is like one of the pr- probably best like comedian albums I've ever heard. And he breaks that up with a song around mm. the 45 minute work of it as well. And it's just that just makes sense. Break it up. Give them something different. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. It'd be funny to have Stephen Wright and Tim Vine do like, I'm amazed <laughs> no TV show has done like a joke off where you have like the one line of comments. Yeah. Like a battle. Whereas Tim's so fast though. Yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. Stephen That's, is very laconic and it's like you kind of pace get into his rhythm. his rhythm. Whereas, yeah, he he allows you to get into his rhythm. Where it's Tim Vine's more like, "This is what you're having. You're having this. You're having this. You're having this." Yeah, yeah. It feels like now. I understand you're going back to Tassie. I am. Six? I am going uh, back in the middle of uh, August for some. They've got some great rooms down there, um, run by a guy called David Backer. One in Hobart, one in Launceston, oh. and so it's brilliant. And the rooms are always really full, and it's great. And Tassie, it's this weird thing because there's not that many comics. All the comics down there are very um, motivated to write new material because it's the same audience coming back every two weeks or every month or whenever the shows are. And so they've got this amazing kind of work rate of, all right, I've got to write some new jokes. And so every time I go down there, I get really worried that oh, I've done this one before when I was here. Even though, like last time I went down there, I did like the headline 45 minutes and I didn't write a new show this year for the comedy festival. So I don't really have that much to do, but I'm actually, I'm actually writing just so I can go down and do it, uh, which is a good thing when you're, when you're coming to go, all right, I've got actually got to write something. Otherwise I'll look like an idiot. Yeah. 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 There's, yeah. There's a room. Um, it's a really awesome room in Wollongong. Um, Craig House comedy. Or is Woolong- I think they've changed to Wollongong comedy. It's a builder club. It's an amazing room and you do it every three months and it's, they get massive crowds and this yeah, you always feel the pressure. Oh, what did I do last time? I've got to chuck in oh that new bit of work. Yeah. Yeah, the pressure. So and you've you've done that there's a Hobart Comedy Festival too. Yeah, they stopped doing that now. Oh, uh, have, yeah. Oh. So it was uh, a guy called Craig Wellington who was great and Wellington, he, Wellington X. Yeah, yeah. And so he um is a really, really great guy in terms of giving new people like a go. He was the one who gave Hannah Gadsby kind of her first proper set of gigs like she'd she'd auditioned like she'd done the raw heats but and was was getting through because she's amazing but he gave her like i think it was like three weeks of gigs down there when she was like very very new and uh his whole thing was because no one go no one was going to tassie to do gigs it was just missed off the the market for comics touring and so he's like all right we'll bring them we'll bring them down and so there was in the first year, I didn't do it, but in the second year, it was me, Bedroom Philosopher, Andy Muirhead, um, and a couple of other, uh, a lot more, and Adam Hills came down, Charlie Pickering came down, and it was a way for like Hobart people to go and see these, like Adam Hills, Charlie Pickering, and then go and see some local guys and girls, because they wouldn't go and see them, because they're like, there's this thing in Tassie, like, oh, if, if they're from Tassie, they mustn't be very good. It's like you've got to move to the mainland, otherwise, like what you wouldn't be very good, and it yeah. was not true. And um, so Craig's thing was like, all right, we'll bring them down and put them up, and they'll go see it, and then people will actually go and see comedy throughout the rest of the year, hopefully as well. And then, 
like Melbourne and Sydney comics will see that, you know, Tassie's a good place, the audiences are great. And so now it went for 10 years and now most uh, comics to have Hobart and Launceston as part of their, their national tours. And so Craze kind of went, right, well, what's the purpose of the festival now? Because people are, there's like David Backer is running his rooms, Gavin Baskerville's down there running rooms. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've done some gigs for Gavin. Yeah, and so people are actually going out and seeing comedy all year round. And, pe- and so Craig kind of just went, well, I'm done. Good. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. And the other thing, like Tassie, it's almost a culture. Have you been to Mona down there? I haven't been. I'm going when I go down there. Oh, it's, yeah, it's I'm not like I'm not an arty person, but it's just it's amazing. Yeah, like, the money. Like, you know, I'm not a fan of gambling either, but if it pa- if it pays off stuff like that, you can't complain. That guy's amazing. Like <laughs> for those, he, I forget his name, but he won. You know, he, you know, he's a yeah, he's won a, it through poker or something yeah, like yeah, yeah. cannon cards or yeah. There's I a great know. article, the magazine, the monthly. He's, yeah, there's a great profile on there and. Being Tazzy, of course, a friend of a friend knows him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. apparently, like, I, I read something in uh, Monthly or something like that, and where they went around there to interview him, and he had, like, thousands of dollars, like, paintings that are worth, like, tens of thousands of dollars just lying on the floor, just on the coffee table. Oh, I'll move this. Do you want any drink? And just he had so much art around that, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just, it's amazing. Like, it's, like, the place is spectacular, and... Just the art there, like the Sydney Nolan, the big snake. I think that's due to be rotate. I hope it's there when you see it. Cause it's just, it's breathtaking. It's like this massive, yeah. massive individual paintings on a whole. Like the size of it, you just can't comprehend. And it's one of those funny things with uh, Tassie. It's like we've got all this amazing art, but most people only talk about the room of vaginas. My dad, um, <laughs> my dad manages a foundry. And when Mona opened, like the foundry workers, they're tough guys. Like it's not uncommon for dad to get a call on Monday. So-and-so won't be in, he breached parole. Like these are tough guys. And the day Mona opened, they knocked on his door, the whole foundry, like 12 guys like, Jeff, want to go see that new art exhibition? And dad's like, oh yeah. He goes, probably going to be a bit longer than our hour lunch. Yeah, take it. Dad's like, wow, they're getting culture. This is brilliant. And then they, he went, they came back, they were an hour 20 now, to put it in perspective, I went to Mona and I spent about four and a half hours there. And honestly, we didn't cover most of it. But they were there an hour 20. And Dad's like, what'd you see? And he goes, yeah, we went and saw the wall of pussies. They yep. didn't use that version of that derogatory yeah. term, but they used something else. And yeah, that was what they were. Yeah, so for those who don't know, it's I think it's off exhibition at the moment, but it's something like 120 or 200 plaster cast vaginas on a wall. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's it's so funny. Like, that's what it people in Tassie are talking about. It's yeah. like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like foundry workers. It's, yeah. like it's, like, it's amazing. They want to get into art. And well, there you go. But, you know, maybe get they get them in using that and then they might stick around and see something else. No, they didn't. No. They didn't. The other one, uh, the other, the Colaca machine. I just got awful. That, that if, it's, take a pet clothes peg because it stinks. Yeah. <laughs> it really, really uh. stinks. But it's, ama- yeah, it's amazing. The state, it's almost like, because I remember the early, Early nineties, Tassie was a basket case. Like I remember my dad's business almost went against the wall, and yeah, it sort of had that doom and gloom mentality. And then now it's sort of Bernie was very much like that. It was pretty much all my friends who, unless they went off to uni, they got jobs working for skilled engineering or Caterpillar mm. or like in mining companies and stuff like that. That was all like they did. There was no, but now Bernie because the Pulp's closed. All the all the big factory kind of are closing. They kind of realised. All right, we've got this beach, this amazing beach. 
let's and, and it's cleared up now. I still wouldn't go drinking it, but it's uh Bernie. They actually kind of oh, maybe we build some cafes and stuff on the beachside and actually get people who drive past to actually stop in our town instead of just having oh, wind the windows up and drive quick because it stinks. Well, you say that. That's funny. We went like at Christmas. My girlfriend, my girlfriend loves penguins. She loves, and I, my dad was like, "Oh, we've got to take you to Penguin." They've oh got, yeah. And my sister's like, "Ah," oh. and yeah, the whole like the whole Penguin, and we so we went there. We drove up. We we did typical. Ta- we did it in a day trip because yeah. it was. Oh, we'll just do it in the day. And we went up there, and we went to, we went into the visitor center, and we're like, "Oh yeah, where are the?" And we're talking to this lady. She would have been at least a hundred, and that's been flattering. And we're like, "Ah, oh, where are the penguins?" She goes, "Ah, oh, the pe- those noisy buggers. They're not here." And we're like, "Ah, oh, what?" Do we go to dust? She goes, no, they don't come to November. She goes, you want to see a penguin? There's one there. And we turn around, and it's a stuffed penguin. And she says, yes, yes, I, I found him on the beach, and I stuffed him. And it's just so, it was just so, you're the wrong person to have in the video yeah. center. But it was almost like, that's that to me is Tassie attitude. Yeah, like, my, this is my, my bit of trivia about penguin. Penguin wasn't meant to be named penguin. Penguin was meant to be named Sulphur Creek, because there's a creek and it has sulphur in it. And Sulphur Creek is the next town, and that is where all the penguins migrate to. They mi- mi- mixed them up. Ah, so it's Greenland, Iceland. Yes. Ah, yeah. they, that and, explains it. And on the other side of Bernie is a town called Somerset, which was named yeah. after the Somerset in, in the UK. And that f- the town plan is exactly the same as the Somerset UK town plan, but they didn't take into account how mountainous Tasmania is. And there are streets on there which are so steep that if you park your car on that, you have to have wood behind it stopping it from rolling down the hill. Yeah, that's one thing. Like, when I moved to Sydney, like, Sydney doesn't have hills. And Melbourne, I'm pretty sure, doesn't No, either. Melbourne's really flat, yeah. But you, go, you walk around, oh, for me, Hobart, yeah, there are some decent hills. That's the other thing when you move to a big city like Melbourne or Sydney, that you just walk everywhere. You just walk. Yeah. Uh, for some, I walked here today. I'm... I'm from, can I say where, where you you are? You're in oh, Red, yeah, yeah. you're in Redfern. You're in I walk Redfern. I walk from Paddington to Redfern. It took me an hour. Mm. Whereas in Tassie, my mum lives about fifteen minutes walk from the city centre. She will drive her car there. If she cannot get a park outside the very front of the shop she wants to go into, she will turn back and drive home and go. No, it's too busy. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> that's yep. Tassie. Yep. That's, I remember yeah, a couple, of, it would have been about four years ago, we were down in Hewenville, which is this is a lovely part of the town. And it's, we made my dad walked into the bakery and there were two people there and the, la- the lady at the counter was talking to a friend and we're just trying to choose our pie in the front. And she said in front of everyone, she goes, well, I'll come back when you're not so busy. <laughs> it's like, there's two yeah. people. And it was, that is, that's, it's charming in a way, but yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing. So when you were when you were a kid, like in Burnie, did you? Where were you holiday? Was it Devonport? Was it? No, we hated Devonport. Burnie oh, and Devonport. Oh, you're the rivalry. Yeah, man. Devonport's our Shelbyville. I. <laughs> we, what would we do? We would. Uh, we had cousins in Hobart oh, who yeah. lived in Kingston. Kingston. So we would often go down there. So we were a family of three boys. They were a family of four girls, and so that was very weird. Uh, we had one of the worst holidays ever in the sunny town of Snug, which is south of. Yep. Yeah. So we were staying in a caravan park and it rained for the week. And my nan at the time was very, very ill. And so it was just, just horrible. And Magic Johnson that weekend contracted AIDS or HIV. And I was a massive basketball fan and it was devastating. And then my uncle, as a joke, just went, oh, yeah, I heard David Robinson, who was my favorite player. I've heard he's also got AIDS. 
And I was just beside myself. Oh, wow. And then he said, no, no, just joking. But it was like, okay, let's, yeah, let's joke about AIDS, Uncle Johnny. Um, so we would go there. And then we'd also uh, go n- further north to a place called Hellia Beach. Uh, my grandmother's, I don't know. I think it was her boyfriend, but they never really told us w- what this guy's relationship was with her. And uh, he had a shack there. And on the beach of uh, Helia Beach was where all the jellyfish migrated as well. And that's when we would go. And so you couldn't... And they were just... They weren't like the blue bottle. They were just these big gelatinous kind of blobs that would just be on the beach. And we just... Most of our holiday was spent throwing jellyfish at each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we yeah. There's, we used to go to camp at Southport, and then, yeah, we had sea cucumbers everywhere. Ah, uh, yeah, giant thing, and it was just like it was all the whole day would be done spent throwing these yeah. at each other. It's yeah, it's amazing. There's any marine life left down there. It's crazy. Yeah, well, Josh, thank you so much. It's been good to chat about Tassie. We'll have to Tassie ta- and Tassie Tassie Booker. So check out your website is joshel.com.au. Check it out. If you're in Tassie, go see it. Or if you, I think you got some Melbourne dates as well. I'd yeah, say. I'm doing, uh, if, depending on when this comes out, I'm doing uh, my show, Love Songs Dedications, again um, on the 1st of August. And then um, also, uh, oh, just go to my website. I've got, I've got stuff coming. And I'm going to be in Perth as well. So if you listen from Perth, I'm going to be there for a week doing their week of shows over there. And then I'm up to Karatha. Um, doing the Spiegel tent after that as well. Sweet. Enjoy Perth. I There's times when walking around Perth CBD. Have you been there before? Yeah. I get deja vu that I'm in Hobart. Yeah. It's very, very similar yeah. architecture. I, I have a th- like it's, it's, it is a city, but they still cut up their sushi rolls into four. And I think any town that does that, you're, you're a town. You're not a, you're not a city. That's very fair. Also, yeah. are you on Twitter? I am, yeah. Mr. Josh Earl on Mr. Twitter. Josh Earl. Follow him on Twitter. You can also follow Comedy on Edge on Twitter, at Comedy on Edge. Also, me on Twitter, at M underscore W underscore OH. We've got some shows coming up the Sydney Fringe. Check out ComedyOnEdge.com for more information. Thanks for listening, guys. If you're listening on iTunes, give us some stars. Give us a rating. Say g'day. It really helps us, and it costs you nothing. So thanks for listening. Have a great week. And, well, Dave's not here. Josh isn't here, so I guess I'll have to do it. Hit the music. Thank <laughs> you.